Let thy soul be awakened. Okay. All right. We're All right. This is it. This is it. This is our last episode. Yeah. We are recording from Los Angeles, just, California. Yeah. And I just want to, on the record, get Remington to say that he will not resent me or use any of my uh, horrible packing skills against me in the future. I'm getting this. I'm getting this on record so everyone can hear it in case it comes up in the future. Yeah, the problem with that, as a Scorpio, you're expecting me to agree with not holding it against you that I have packed the entire apartment will be... Well, I don't want you to do any lifting. No. But I also did all the writing on the side of the boxes, well, I really which was your be, task. I really shouldn't be inhaling that. Your task that. was writing. and yeah. then. But I'll just backtrack four years ago when we moved into this place... On, it was record <laughs> the hottest day that Los Angeles like had ever had on record. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 107 degrees for that day, which was September 1st. I moved us into this apartment while you were gallivanting around Ireland. That's right. I was I was there for my best friend's wedding. So yeah, well, there's uh, no excuses, way around it. Excuses. I know. And then and then I coincidentally got pregnant on this moving. Oh, is it a coincidence? <laughs> Baby Donovan, you are more than a coincidence. He's like, mom is not going to live destiny. This is a coincidence. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we are literally recording surrounded, not exaggerating at all. We're surrounded by boxes that are um, pushing up towards the ceiling. Yeah. Um, I'm almost really... done. I think I'll get pretty much everything packed that we're not using. Yep. Um, and then our friends came by to say goodbye, except our one friend is moving to Maine. I know. I'm so, so we're excited. actually going to be neighbors. It's funny because th- she lives, we live on the same street. She just lives like several intersections up north of us. But we'll be, well, New England gets crazy, the rural New England, because there's not that many, much highway. Yes. So unless you're like going to Boston, um, so it's not that far when you look at it, but when you drive, it's going to take a few hours. But, yeah, but it's um, worth it. Well, Maine is Maine really has great awesome. food, too. Um, yeah, or at least Portland. I don't know. Maine is beautiful. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful gems all over. So, yeah. Um, and now we're going to have to get interrupted because your brother's coming by with a gift. Mm-hmm. Is he coming with his wife? No, no. My brother's not coming. It's my friend Casey coming. Oh, well, that's confusing. Yeah, sorry. Um, okay, so another person. Yeah. Oh, do I have to talk to them? No. Okay. Um, that's good. Uh, I'm going to focus on the pod. Okay. So we got um, so much to discuss. It's Now we can officially talk about Libra. Okay, great. Um, good so. thing, because I, I felt like the last episode, just the little tidbits that you dropped about Libra, I had nothing good to say about Libra. Um, you didn't say anything bad about Libra. I had nothing bad to say either. Yeah. I just had nothing to say about Libra. That's the problem. <laughs> Neutrality is the problem right now, Gina. That is my problem right now. I actually want to talk about that. Okay. It, you sort of spurred this thought process, but I want to remind everybody, at the time of recording this... It is September 2021, and we have a few months left of the five-year 
energy mm-hmm. and the five-year numerology. So the five is about setting boundaries. Now, it doesn't have to be always about setting boundaries of speaking up of what you want and saying, fuck off, back off, don't fuck with me boundaries. The boundaries have to often do with specificity. Mm-hmm. And that you are going to accomplish, not just you, me, anybody, one will accomplish a lot more through kind of knowing what you want. And that's the five energy is Mars and that's that's gut instinct. And if you really tapped into your gut instinct, you're going to go for what you want, which means you know what you don't want. Mm-hmm. When you know what you don't want, it's it's a lot easier to start success. Let's use an example. Maybe you're uh, going to interview someone with, you know, maybe a potential job or potential work situation, client, something like that. You got to go into that situation with some idea of boundaries, of parameters of what you might want into that job. Right. And so it's going to be a lot easier if you have your sort of uh, list of demands, your boundaries, mm-hmm. or you just say, okay, you know who you are, you know what your job is. And, you know, maybe you're open to bigger things, but if you go into a situation saying, okay, I want to work X amount of time, I want this amount of money, et cetera, et cetera. This way it's always better to negotiate and to always be a little ahead of the game because you're more empowered. Yeah. But uh, I just see a lot of vague energies, negotiations, people, like I'll do a reading for somebody and I'll ask at the beginning, I'll say, hey, is there something you want me to get into? Mm -hmm. And then they just start babbling on. Yeah. And I was like, I just stop. I interrupt them immediately. I'm like, no, no, no. If you knew what it was, you would have said it right away. Yes. And I would work with that. But otherwise, let me do my thing and I'm going to go with what comes up because that's what you need to know. Right. And we don't always necessarily know what we want, but I'm just saying the universe is going to show up for you a lot more when you're in tune and you're more specific. Mm -hmm. And that's a really important teaching of the five energy. Mm -hmm. What's the, the, the energy frequency we're in now? It's also a lot more empowering, right? It's just like what I would imagine uh an an internet date right like if you just ultimately you have to put your real you out there and be you and the universe will filter out everything that doesn't serve that purpose of you sometimes i think that my um just desire to be flexible or just just me being flexible in general is what sort of leads to this neutral space well there is there's appropriate way to use adaptability and flexibility and neutrality, which is in magic would be adaptability. Yeah. Right. Like you have to learn how to pivot as well. Yeah. Right. The other, the negative side of all this is being, you think you're so determined to know what you think you want. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out that's not really who you are and what you should even have for a higher purpose. And then you don't get it. And then you're, you're disappointed. What tarot card is that? The five of the five of swords. No, it's the five, the five of cups. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you notice the theme: five of swords is defeat. Right. Five of cups is disappointment, and it's Mars and Scorpio. So if you look at all the five cards, I actually recently made a posts of the fives. They're all like the cards. Yeah. And but that disappointment has to 
deal with often learning how to manage your expectations, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm not going to, like if I set a parameter, I want to make $5 million. Well, what have I created that would create $5 million? Right. You know, but if I just, so that's, that's helping me tell the universe I'm more specific. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make $5 million on my, um, you know, my catering company that I'm starting or whatever the case is. There's a vehicle for that, for the universe to push that through. Mm -hmm. That's why I was always taught, you just pray to know what you want. Like, you can pray. You don't always know. But it's interesting that that disappointment card comes from being so attached to an outcome that probably is generated from just pure blind desire. It's Mm -hmm. Mars and Scorpio. Scorpio is desire. Mars is action. And then in a five, which is ruled by Mars. So we have all this Mars energy and Scorpio and all this intensity. I got to have it, right? I got to have it. I got to have it. This this is, I've, once I get this job, this is my big break. And, um, you know, like it doesn't happen. You're going to get crushed on some yeah. level. So this is where neutrality and adaptability and honesty come in. So you can pivot from that and say, okay, Like, that didn't work out. Maybe that wasn't the best situation for me. And then also, what are you doing? But overall, you're going to negotiate a lot more in life if you um, maintain a balance of both. Knowing what you want, being open to something better, and being open to that not maybe not being what it is. And you're going to be, it just is about being empowered. Mm -hmm. I've just seen and heard lately a lot of, sort of vagueness just throughout my sort of day-to-day interactions. And don't worry, I'm not just talking about you, Gina. Yeah. Um, It was just something you said earlier today kind of got me thinking on it. And it was all benign and things like that. But it's like when I used to wait tables. You used to wait tables. I did. You probably didn't even notice this because you're like super nice and everyone's your friend. (laughs) I, I was there as a hired gun. To be super pro and to the best job I could possibly do. But anyone who's waited tables or been in some sort of customer service and you're dealing with someone who doesn't necessarily know what they want and you don't have the awareness to guide them into that situation, Mm -hmm. you'll be standing at that table for a half hour. Yeah. While they're like, well, you know, this omelet sounds good, but once... I had a table once when I worked at an Indian restaurant and I swear I got stuck by these two ladies and then I, I was recommending dishes i'm like oh the chana masala she's like what chickpeas don't that take like six hours to cook and i just finally i walked away i was like you seriously think they're like cooking dried chickpeas from oh, scratch god i can't like per order they're like let's whip up okay let's take our, our dry goods stash yeah let's soak the chickpeas in water overnight then cook them in a pressure like fuck off lady like, it kind of reminds you me of should about... never. They, I hope they are banned. Oh, and there were also the types that would order hot water and then bring their own tea back. No. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, that's so gross. That's so gross. Just fucking pay. You're sitting, you're taking up time and space in somebody's business. Just fucking buy the damn just, tea. I would charge them for a tea. That's bullshit. I would, <laughs> I would just charge. It's, you know. It's ten dollars for the water. Tea is free. <laughs> oh my god! 
I don't think I definitely wasn't a very I I thought I was a good waitress, but then when I hear your stories, I'm like, mm, I probably wasn't the no, best. I would put money on you were probably the most friendly, but probably the worst at actual I had some, service. Yeah, I was. I had a ama- <laughs> I had amazing customers. The people would come in just to see me, but I think it was because I was also giving them free shit. So like, <laughs> so you're like, oh, this cute girl gives us all this free stuff. Well, there was this old man named she feels David. Bad. He would come. Um, he would come with his friend and he was in a wheelchair. He was really old. He couldn't walk. Um, And we'd give him a big bag of like every, like all the breaded pastries. And it was giant. I remember, um, I think one time we we weren't allowed to give it to him because one of the owners was there and he's like, that's way too much. Like we're, we're trying to make money here. And uh, so it's like a bag of croissants. David was pretty upset. His name was David. Yeah. Um, the customer was, was David. The customer was David, yeah. He's like, where's the cute girl with my free bag of I'd give him a pastries. big bag of pastries. I also think his friend was like, he shouldn't be eating this, all this like butter, sugar, fat. Well, his friend probably read the book Wheat Belly. Yeah, she the was super fit. Wheat is very toxic in Los Angeles. The second you leave Los Angeles... Wheat is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's everyone's like living their best normal life. They're fit. They're happy. And they're like, what? Yeah, let's go get bagels. Yeah. Like I would be one of the last times I was in New York before like pre-apocalypse. I went to get bagels right by my cousin's house, which was a great bagel shop, except they shut down for tax evasion. No. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you'd be in a bagel shop and you'd see all these women, like typical, like LA looking girls in like alo yoga pants Mm -hmm. uh, on their way to like the gym. And in LA, they all have like smoothies. They avoid any type of gluten like the plague. And these women are ordering huge New York bagels with like loaded with cream cheese. They're all fine. Like none of them died. None of them were neurotic. None of them imploded about it. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was funny. It but could also have been that their only meal of the day too. That was the place that invented the rainbow bagel. Oh, that place. Yeah. yeah. I forget the name of it, but I went then I went back and I was like cuz also it just happened to be really close to Was where it I cash stayed. only? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um <laughs> and they're done. Maybe they were then then COVID hit, so who knows what happened to those bagel a blessing. tax evaders. Yeah. Now all those poor women, they're probably eating smoothies and shit it's awful super terrible life there's like a there's a juice bar actually down the street this is like right in brooklyn and williamsburg and um it was funny because the prices were i'm so used to like la you're like i'll get a fresh pressed juice once in a while you're like 14 Mm dollars it was like seven bucks there. i know it's it's weird it almost seems like eating out in new york is a lot cheaper I was surprised about this juice shop, but compared to L.A. too, you're like, oh, this is kind of amateur juice place. Yeah. Well, not like Jamba Juice, but like it just they were trying to be super foody. They didn't quite get it. But I like that little place. They had like good supplements. I don't remember the name and they don't support us. Yeah. So I'm not going to give a shout <laughs> out. It's on Grand Avenue. Um, <laughs> we went we went on our um we went to Third Street to go out to dinner last night. Third Street in Los Angeles. Yeah, and uh, and it was a total scene. There was like a Mediterranean restaurant next door to where we were, and all of I mean I'm telling you this, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm telling the audience, but um, 
we uh there was like they had belly dancers and it was just like it was a scene it was as if you know everything was normal which i think in a lot of people's worlds they are it is but anyway you mean everyone's sitting like one foot from each other without yeah. wearing masks but putting a mask yeah. on from the host stand to the seat which is five feet from the host stand. yeah, yeah the, exactly. and then ballet dancers were all over the place oh yeah exactly um but there was these women that came out and they had like amazing fillers in their face they had fake boobs and fake butt and at first i was like oh whatever and then you and I were like, this is, this is the last, we're going to miss this when we're, when we're in Vermont. <laughs> Vermont. I, I'm yeah, going to miss, I'm going to miss l- the plastic surgery. boobs and Botox. Yeah. Um, I don't even think it's the, there's mandates. You cannot get it. <laughs> you got to <laughs> well, look like you're leaf raking. Even just 24/7. people with like a nice glow. I mean, the vitamin D is there's a lot of depletion up in Vermont, I'm sure. Well, believe it or not, there, a lot of people in LA, in my experience, are super deficient in vitamin D. Hmm. When I used to do the hair testing analysis and micronutrient deficiencies, yeah, vitamin D was overall, the, there was a few common things. Vitamin D was up there. Mm-hmm. Vitamin Bs, because those re- help regulate your stress. So when you're going... When you're undergoing stress, your body will draw on more vitamin B. So B is really important mood stabilizer. Like if you go to a store and you get an adrenal supplement or a stress supplement, you'll almost always see vitamin Bs in there. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty common one just based on the high Vata imbalance. I think of LA and everyone's hustling an idea, a thing, trying to make it, barely getting by. Even people that have tremendous success, they're still, they like just chopped off a, a monthly nut of like $25,000, you know? Right. It's like my friend who's a super successful producer. He, just for him to survive, he's going to come up with minimum twenty five k a month just to pay his bills. Oh, my eat. God. What? Yeah. So um, you kind of put yourself under the gun. Clearly, he does a lot better than that, but um, it's a thing. But what I'm saying is the bees, so I get the stress, but I was surprised how much vitamin D deficiency I would see. And granted, this is this is not an official statistic. This is my personal experience of yeah. doing these daily. But um, the D, I was thought that was crazy because it's L.A. So apparently, too, is some other issues. Some people, you're not necessarily converting it or you don't realize how much time you spend indoors even when you live in L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I spend a lot of times indoor, a lot of my time indoors. <laughs> you spent literally. We'll go on a walk. You're like, look at these are flowers. Wow, <laughs> I didn't know there's like red. Like you've been in this place in this apartment. I'm so for a ready. Too long. Yeah, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to get. I'm out. gonna be traumatized from the space. Yeah, it'll the be like of space. It's mean? like recidivism when yeah, like moving into like a four bedroom place. Like, I'm used to this one-bedroom place that we've been both working out of for quite some time. Um, But it's like people, when you go back into prison, just because you don't know how to function on the outside. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm concerned. I'm going to go, like, some weird trauma. I'm not going to know how to, you know, I'm going to have everything cloistered into one little area and one little room, and that's it. Oh and then God. I'll just be like a vacant house, just empty, just echoes. <laughs> yeah, I'll right. be like, Gina, 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 Gina. Yeah, hello, it's going to be hello. freezing there, too, because we're 
definitely not going to manage the heat, right? <laughs> no, we'll probably crank it. Like they're going to be like, oh my god, these these Angelino people—they're just wasting heat. <laughs> they love heat, heat sources. Um, I'm gonna can't wait to research wood stoves. Um, oh. You know, geothermal heat. Can I, um, going back to your friend who, or I guess our friend, I'm going to ask you this person's name after we're done. Cause I'm like, who is this guy or girl, um, that pays $25,000 a month and just, that's just what he needs to make to get by. Um, isn't there something to be said about sort of expanding, um, expanding like your, your finances to then where you have to make X amount. So you're going to expand the amount of money that you're making. Like you're just going to, the universe is going to provide at that point. It's like when you upgraded your car. I think there's a lot of truth in that. I think obviously within reason, the guy's a smart guy. Yeah. He was aware of how much he made. $25,000 a month was in his, his, um, in his playing field. Mm -hmm. Um, but it definitely upped, his consciousness to shift into it. He's been living there for years. He does it. Uh, and he, I don't think he's lying in bed wondering where the money's coming from. Right. But he was nervous about it and it pushed him to another level of consciousness for sure. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, there's people that everything is about what they save, which feels very New England-y. Oh, totally. All these schmucks, that's all they talk about is what they save. Um, as opposed to how they could expand. Mm-hmm. L.A. is, everything's expansive. Yeah. But sure, is there always some, a lot of examples of extremes where people just overdid it and had no sense of reality? Well, sure. You know, that's deading. Yeah. Um, but no, I think if you do it s- smartly, and I know so many people that push the envelope a little financially, and then it hit something in their psyche and they created a lot more success around it. So what I'm saying is sometimes don't be afraid to make a little leap. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's important. Um, would I want to jump into a $25,000 a month problem? Not at this point, but <laughs> there's like, you each have your number, you know, there's definitely, LA is funny because you really see the gambit. Yeah. You know, I know people struggling to spend, you know, $1,200 a month. And then I know of people of, you know, 25000 And then people probably way more than that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sorry, I had something to say, but I forgot. It's placenta brain. <laughs> We're going to edit these pauses, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> does that come before? That, so that's pre-baby? Uh, yeah. Well, cause he's eating at my brain cells. <laughs> it's just, it's where pregnancies happen in the face. Yeah. In the head. Yeah. That's he's, actually he's taking all moment. my brain cells. Yep. Um, okay. I'll just keep it rolling then. Just keep it rolling. Should we get into Libra? No, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Um, oh. I wanted to talk about it. Just bottom line is five energy. You, when you are more specific, you set boundaries. When you have a container, mm-hmm. aka a container has a boundary, that's a better fit receptacle for the universe to give you something that you want, right? So if you're just like, oh, I just, yeah, I want to make, you know, I want to make $3 million a year, mm-hmm. you know, okay, well, start putting some energy and what are the possible ways for that 
could happen. Do you even let's say you're listening, you want to make three million a year. I know some of you listening make way more than that. And a lot of you make way less than that. I'm just using that as a number. Wow, you don't even know how much a day that would be that you'd have to sort of bring in. Like start getting that into your psyche, into your awareness. So that's why I said during the equinox is the time of assessing uh, measuring the immeasurable. Mm-hmm. And this is why this is the time of the year that we assess our reality and our condition. And this is the time and the energy this year is where one looks at your assets, you look at your liabilities, right? So I'm going to use this example again. You want to start some business A and real. let's say you actually want to start a brick and mortar store, storefront. Um, like we kept joking about wanting to open up Psyop Coffee. Yeah. Which would be like a counterculture coffee shop with like a space on the back for like workshops and presentations and, and talks. And film screenings. And film screenings. But Out everything. Curtis documentaries. But Psyop Coffee would also be like a information or we'd call it the misinformation center. <laughs> yeah. But I'd love to do it like all conspiracy theorists, themes, and then yeah. spiritual teachings. Propaganda. Bigfoot. Posters. All that. Propaganda, stuff. Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, so you would, we'd have to assess, okay, we need X amount of dollars. I have X amount. Let's say you want, I don't know, like depending on the place, let's say you're like, okay, to rent this space and do this, we need $900,000. I have $100,000. That means you need 800000 more dollars. Let's just say I'm just making up numbers. When the When you realize that in your consciousness – that you need that 800,000 more dollars, it starts to trigger different responses with the universe. Mm-hmm. But if you have no clue what you need or want for that or for that goal, well, the universe has no clue what it should be doing for you. So um, all this sort of wishy-washy, uh, just whatever, you know, whatever the, you know, whatever God's will for me is. Mm. Um, uh you know, what are you pulling in? I've seen a lot of people just sort of fail through life waiting for something because they had no idea what they were supposed to do. So it's like build it and they will come. Like So this is where a lot of ambition. And yeah. then be open to more. But it's I'm telling you when, you, when you start to line it up, there's a different energy pattern that starts to work in your favor that's not limiting. That's not like, oh, actually... You know, I somehow thwarted getting, you know, $2 million for this bigger business Mm -hmm. I could have done. It just sets a tone. So I'm saying, like, get in touch with what you want. This is the five energy. Five is also the destroyer. So get in touch with what you don't want. But does that make sense how I'm, like, creating better boundary through specificity? Well, I remember in um, for my New Year's resolution – I had done this thing. It was like something that Guru Jagat was doing. And um, you write down your goals and what's attainable and then something that feels sort of unattainable. And then um, in the, in, I think it was somewhere, I think I actually put in the attainable what I wanted to make that this year. And the number that I had, she's like, okay, now when you, if you're going to put a number down, um, actually apply it to like, how are you going to make that money with what you're doing right now? And when I, the number that I had, I was like, well, with my freelance business, if I'm charging this much, I'm going to have to be working like every single day for the entire month. And that's not what I, 
that's not really what I'm like trying to do is work 30 days every month. Um, so it's like, do I, do I charge more? So it just kind of, it was basically like, where's that going to come from? And how are you going to get there? How are you going to reach that goal with what you're charging now or how, what your clientele looks like or, you know. Exactly. And like, that's the thing. Neutrality isn't about being vague. What high neutrality means objective awareness Mm -hmm. and staying neutral and compassionate enough to self to assess the truth. The truth you should be able to say that's a lot of people don't think about. I remember listening. I love Clubhouse. I don't really tune in anymore, but I loved it for a while because I'd love to assess how like the rest of the world felt like they had to do things. And I remember, um, you know, like with resumes and job applications and things like that. But um, so like we're living in an old paradigm. But there was, I remember this woman, she was like a Reiki healer and she wanted to make $12 million a year. So she wanted to make a million dollars a month. And I was like, okay. And then she, this person was like coaching her through it. And he just finally was like, look, there's nothing. You don't have anything that's worth a million dollars a month. You know, you could say, I'm going to make Reiki infused candle scented candle business or Reiki infused, who knows what product, fucking sneakers. Well, maybe that could like, you know, but if you're going to see clients and that's exactly it, it's finite. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you charge whatever, $10,000 a session and you decide you're going to work every day and you're going to work 20 hours a day and see 20 clients or whatever the case is. Well, sure, that's a lot of money, but it still is finite. Yeah. You know, so creating things as well, you need to create vessels and vehicles for the money to flow to it while being open to other opportunities. What I notice, though, is when I start to do something, and I still maintain the neutrality of open-mindedness for bigger, better opportunities to show up. And sort of fill it in. So in magic, we say utilize your willpower, your authority, and your assertiveness to get the ball going. Stay neutral and open-minded to adapt to something better. The universe just starts to show things up for you. Mm -hmm. So you got to, like, you got to get it going. Well, technically, I'm a vessel for a miracle child. Yes, the baby Donovan <laughs> vessel of miracles. Yeah. Um, he's bringing it in. You can feel I it. I feel it, definitely. Um, I'm still always fascinated, too. Like, well, who is this kid going to be? You know, it's like he's still going to be his own person. Yeah. His own soul coming through. Right. I don't want to have another baby episode. We won't. Okay, sorry. Um, so let's, I'm going to just Once bypass. the baby's here every episode, we'll just, he'll be, he'll be in it, but yeah. Yes. He'll be speaking. Okay. No more baby talk. I wonder <laughs> what the youngest speaking age though of a kid that just started like conversing. Oh, I don't know. But apparently, uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce's daughter was the youngest recording artist to win a Grammy because she was in the background of some Lion King song. Oh, yeah. How did she ever get that break? I don't know. I mean... Uh, Okay, can I just say (laughs) child stars or, like, children on, like, competitive game shows, like, singing game shows or whatever, are so overrated because you... If it wasn't a child, like, you were allowing for, like, 
mediocrity, but you're like, it's a child. Yeah. So all of a sudden they seem extra talented. Yep. So I'm just, except I don't for that agree. one drummer, that girl that she's like, I think she's always going to be eight years old in my mind. I'm sure she's probably like she's 18 probably like now. now. Um, but yeah, she's the drummer on Instagram. She's a badass, but she's but pretty is she good. That great. I don't know. Actually, is she really that it good? could just be because she it's like, like John a little girl. I'm good. No, mm. she's probably not even as good as Tommy Lee. Wait, was he not very good? No, he actually is a really good drummer. Oh, okay. He has a great sense of the the pause and the down. Mm. Um, but uh, I know who you're talking about, but I hate referencing things. I can't. I think I follow her Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, it's because she's a kid. <laughs> like, if they were an adult, you wouldn't be like, my God, this person's so talented. You're blowing my mind. You're like, you're super talented because you're a kid. Yeah. You know, and she's adorable. Right. But um, I, now I'm going to jump. Now it's becoming a kid's show, a kid's episode. No, 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 cut it. We're cutting that out. The, um, <laughs> I don't want to torture everyone with kids. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We have gotten a lot of nice gifts, though. <laughs> um, so we're going to go into Libra because mm. this ties into assessing reality. Okay. The Libra card of the tarot is the adjustment card. Now, the old antiquated tarot is called justice. Now, justice tends to imply like some sort of legal or in our sort of modern day context, we often think of justice as vengeance. Mm -hmm. And it was updated to be called the adjustment card because it's the universe. Libra is the universe striving for the ultimate balance of harmony of everything. And when you hit that ping, which is the equinoxes, especially the Libra equinox, you have you get the zero point. So this is a wonderful time of year, actually, for neutrality, even though mm. I'm talking about being specific. This is a great sort of time to reset your frequency, and it's a powerful time. So Libra and its highest, highest teachings will will balance everything out to a point that you transcend the rhetoric of duality. And then you're like, boom, here's a magic sort of karmic clearing reset zeroing out point that you don't have to struggle with trying to balance. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause then you get one nanosecond molecule off of that and then you're back in duality and then you're just like, well, it's a little of this. It's a little of that. I got to add this and more of this, less yep. of this, more of this, less of this. Like Libra's Libra energy will spin its head based on like this person, that, that person, this, this person, that, right. Always trying to figure out who, what, how, where, why this, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, and Libra can be used to transcend all of that. Yeah. Are Libras very insightful? Could that no. be one of the things? No. <laughs> <laughs> that just felt like the right answer. <laughs> what okay. Libra. Okay. So that's like deep esoteric stuff. Libra. Um, here's the thing. This is, we're entering Libra season, which means what Gina? Um, it's when we're out in the world. No, so it means, with the no, other. no, no. No, it means we're getting closer to Scorpio season. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's so poor Libra. Like, you literally, Halloween de decorations are up. There's no Libra decorations, I right? Know. So now it's already like, oh, okay. So everyone in Libra season ultimately is waiting for the apex of Scorpio season. <laughs> like, everyone's like pre-goth. Yeah. 
totally. know, that's really what Libra, Libra is the sign of pre-Goth, you know? Completely. So like, you're just like, and then once you were getting into October, once it hits October, poor Scorpios have already just like usurped all ability of Libra. And every and Scorpios just lie there waiting in their secret lair, just being like, all right. My season's coming. <laughs> I'm sorry you have to suffer through Libra for a while. You I be bet all... Scorpio loves it, though. Libra, Scorpio loves seeing the them just usurp Libra. Absolutely. Yeah, Scorpio almost gets two months of the year. Yeah, if not more. Yeah. Damn. You know, so poor Libras are just getting, you know, they're like goth trumped, <laughs> you know. Um <laughs> But all kidding aside, Libra is uh, coming together. The adjustment card is a very deep card, and it's the goddess Ma'at. Mm. So Libra truly wants truth, and it can assess truth. So it actually is quite insightful. Like Libra deep energy can get to a sense of harmony, and Ma'at creates harmony and simply put, it's you being you. It's you living your truth. And you're going to be a lot more free. Mm-hmm. And that's that that energy. But it's always like the time of year, too. Like a lot of relationships start like yeah. in the northern hemisphere and fall. Maybe in the southern hemisphere. And if any of you, um, I know we have a lot of Australians and um, a few New Zealanders no one really from Argentina yet that I'm aware of, but, um, you know, so that's why I call this the Libra equinox and then we'll have the Aries equinox. But I wonder maybe springtime is cause they're kind of moving into the season of spring. Mm-hmm. So please like hit us up. Is this when everyone, uh, you know, sort of starts hooking up. Yeah. Le- is it Libra is called like cuffing season. Cuffing season. Yeah. Which like I think going is like getting, steady with someone. Yeah, it's like when you put handcuffs on. It's really the Scorpio version is S and M season. You oh, handcuff yeah. to each other. Yeah, yeah, okay, that makes pl- sense. Role play. God, I just sounded like a 1950s housewife. I'm like, you're going steady. <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll just what? blame him. It's Baby Donovan's oh, fault. Oh man, he's coming. I mean, he's coming from a different time period. I yeah. wonder what that was. <laughs> could be maybe he's from the future. Yeah, he could use words like Boulder Dash. Boulder Dash. Yeah. The hell is that? It's a it's a term that people used to say. In the future? No, in the past. I'm talking about the future. Oh, I'm not sure. We'll ask him. We don't. I'm saying he could be coming from a future timeline. Oh, that's true. Um. Well. Okay. So cuff season. S and M. No. Now he's joking. Scorpio. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. That's it. There's Libra. So the Libra tarot cards though are um the two of. We have the twos, threes, and fours. Oh. So the two of... Cups? So they're swords. No, no they're going to be swords. Libra is an air sign, so they're air always, is the swords. Yeah. The way tarot lines up, the lesser cards is that cards... There's the aces, which sort of are one. So then cards two, three, and four are the cardinal signs of the element. Mm-hmm. Four, five, and six are the fixed signs of the element. And then seven, eight, and nine are the mutable signs of an element. Libra is the cardinal sign of air. Okay. So any cardinal signs actually various is reasonably assertive and, and ambitious. 
So there's, believe it or not, there's actually an ambitious energy in Libra. You might think of like, oh, you're like a wishy-washy, like ditzy, pretty Libra, right? That would be like the stereotype. Um, but really, that's like a negative stereotype. But really, it's it, a cardinal sign starts a season. Mm -hmm. And so we're in the northern hemisphere. We're starting fall now. And Love that it. takes a lot of drive, a lot of willpower, and a lot of ambition to say we are out of this old paradigm and we're moving it forward. And Libra has that energy. Mm -hmm. Libra, Capricorn, Aries, Cancer. I know we think of Cancer as the most sensitive, sweet, loving sign but it starts a new season. So yeah. they're actually, those are kind of the most, they're very ambitious energies. So mm -hmm. Libra is going to be ambitious with how do I collaborate? How do I work with others? Two, uh, two of swords is moon and Libra. It's peace. It's like, okay, swords represent often conflict, but this, this Libra card is really sweet. It just wants to Say, okay, we we're, we're going to work together now. Perhaps mm -hmm. we are fighting. But what's the best outcome for the highest, greatest good? And that's what that energy and that's what good Libra energy. Then we move into the three of swords, which I always talk about the tattoos and it's sorrow. Mm. But it's Saturn in Libra. And um, I also think of that card. It's like the third wheel just getting in the way. Like, hey, we're on a new romantic date. And then, like, you know, this woman loves is into this guy. And then he brings his, like, buddy out. Yeah. You know? But that card, if you think of the Three of Swords as the um, third wheel example, is pretty accurate because it's Saturn and Libra. Mm -hmm. And what that forces you to look at is burdensome relationships, problems. Mm. Like, Saturn is where you feel trapped, where you feel stuck. Uh, of course, Saturn is also purpose and discipline. And, you know, every planet, every sign has a good and bad. It just depends what sort of trajectory and momentum you take with it. But that card and the negative cards, that's a great reminder to say it's a sword. Swords cut these ties and these energies mm -hmm. so even that libra energy is coming up to say where can i cut ties with um a relationship that doesn't serve me whether it's maybe something within yourself but definitely and easily relationships with other people so you know, sometimes we just move on, we grow, or there's people in our life that I know everyone wants to say, get rid of toxic people. That's like a good buzz phrase. Yeah. But that's sort of what that card is. And that it invites us to sort of clear that energy. And so that ambition of Libra will do that. I also find it interesting that the adjustment card is symbolized by the Hebrew letter Lamed, which mm. is the ox goad, which is the ox whip. Right. Which will come into play in the S&M season of Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, you know, that's the teacher. It's the whip. Mm -hmm. That's also the relates to the sword of the five here. Five yeah. is the teacher. So this sort of Libra season um, and any season as we shift the astrology, you can also then say that's layered and to take it another step deeper is going to be the the numerology of the year. So Libra, oddly enough, which we think of as maybe a friendly energy, which it can be, 
um, is symbolized by this ox goad, mm. this little whip to whip you into shape, to get oh. your butt into gear. It's starting a new season. So Libra is actually, I think, the secret, uh, the secret uh, get your butt into gear uh, sign that yeah. you wouldn't think of as that, that energy. I always thought of it as like a networking month. Well, it's good for that. I mean, it makes connections for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can also make connections by clearing, you know, it's the same energy as dusting, right? Yeah. Um, it was funny. I did an Instagram live and I was talking about the five year and clearing things. And someone was like, oh, it's the energy of Kali, Kali Ma and this like yeah. destructive God force. And I was like, well... Yeah, that's a it's a very extreme example. And I was like, we don't need to invoke Kali to like dust the shelves, you know? Yeah. Or brush your teeth. But it's the same sort of concept. It's a different frequency of it. But yeah, Libra is this little secret symbol, is this little whip. Well, it's funny when you were talking about burden, I was thinking like ridding yourself of the, you know, the things or the people that are burdensome in your life. And I was just thinking the visual aesthetic of fall uh, because we're on the northern hemisphere and Libra season is fall for me um, or for for us is uh, the too, leaves. Yeah. The leaves are just like they're they're falling off the trees. The branches well, are relieving themselves of the burden. The stupid of these leaves. leaves. Who the fuck needs leaves? Yeah. Um, well, actually, they change color and then they fall. So. They're most beautiful before they die. Yeah. Very deep. Mm. That's we're warming up already. We're jumping into Pisces season. <laughs> the sign of signs. No, that was a very Scorpio thing of you to say. What? The most they're most beautiful before they die. Yeah, I'm a Scorpio. Yeah. What do you want me to say? Now you're just usurping well, you want me to be Libra, Libra season be like, again. Be like, Oh yeah, we're great friends and then we die. It's <laughs> 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 <So> Libra. <laughs> yeah. Um I actually secretly, um, publicly revealing it, I do have a fair amount of Libra in my chart. Mm-hmm. Um, You're so very friendly. Aquarius is the friendly sign. Mm. I don't know what Libra's doing. I don't think Libras know what they're doing. You're very romantic. Am I? Yeah. Um, I is that Libra though? Libra's like I don't the know. I always thought I always thought Libras were romantic. Libra is ruled by Venus. Mm. So Libra does have a sense of beauty aesthetic. Libra is great for style. Libra is great for parties. Leo is officially the the sign of parties, but Leo is like this is the socializing. It can be friendly. You know, Leo can be super vapid and, and quote, toxic. Like mm-hmm. you, the people you'd want to, the burdensome relationships of vapid, vain uh, people that you'd want to get get rid of yeah the stereotype is leo for that but it's actually libra libra is like a secretly dangerous sign (laughs) (laughs) they just sort of go on assuming like we're really sweet yeah you know it's a pretty libra's pretty energy field Mm. i think you even feel that current fall you know uh statistically fall is the most popular season it's my favorite. It's everybody's favorite. I mean, I'm pretty generic. I'm, I'm noticing. That's well, my favorite season, too. <laughs> I always attribute it to my birthday. Mm. My birthday is deep fall. It's Halloween. Um, not on Halloween, but it's very close. Yeah. But Libra does have a sense of beauty. It's ruled by Venus. Mm. Venus's dark side is envy. 
Mm. Right. Which really comes from comparing yourself to others. So we go through the stages of Virgo to organize ourselves, and we are who we are. And Virgo is purity, virgin. You're your most authentic self. And then you're going to have a much better go at interacting with others. So where we started off, where you have this boundary of self-awareness, uh, you know who you are. Mm-hmm. Why try to fake it? Yeah. If you try to be something you're not, it's ultimately your opposer. So that's going to be the negative side of Libra. The positive side of Libra is using that Venus beauty. It just attracts whatever it wants. Mm-hmm. Venus is great for attracting. What do you want? And then you work Going on, back to that big question. Well, you work on your Venus energy to make yourself more, quote, beautiful, mm-hmm. more attractive to receive, right? Everybody in the new age mumbo jumbo paradigm people are like, oh, yeah, law of attraction, law of attraction, law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the big thing. It's been the thing for years. I'm just going to I'm just going to wish fulfill my way into a Ferrari and a hot model wife. Right? Yeah. Um, it seems to be working for a lot of people in LA cause I definitely see a lot of Ferraris, mm-hmm. but, um, that, you know, we can sort of transcend that and go deeper and use these esoteric teachings to actually utilize the, the quote law of attraction through utilizing Venus energy. If you make yourself more vibrationally attractive, more higher vibrational opportunities are going to come to you Mm -hmm. so libra is the time of year that we kind of clean up our act and then you're going to attract you're going to work with the others so is it people that's really a low interpretation but accurate for the rest of the world yeah as an individual spiritual practitioner you're making yourself attractive to the your counterpart with the rest of the universe and you will network as you say with greater opportunity well it's like dressing for the job you want yeah that kind of or dressing for the life you want exactly it's like freddie mercury is famous they got like i'm a little bit paraphrasing uh, this story so i may not have every detail right but they got one of their first huge advances as a band and he had like thousands of dollars at his disposal Mm -hmm. and he spent it all in clothes Mm. And everyone's like, you're crazy. Because the Queen, those guys are a bunch of fucking nerds. They were like, we're going to dentistry school yeah. and stuff. And we're like music nerds. And and that's your brother's favorite band, isn't it? Yeah, one of them. I'm not going to not. They are very talented musicians. And Freddie Mercury is awesome. But he definitely sort of was outside of the rest of the band. Mm-hmm. And he... Um, spent all his money on like awesome clothes and he's like i'm gonna like for anyone to believe i'm a rock star like i gotta look like a rock star i gotta feel like a rock star yeah and he just that was in a very smart investment and in his psychology and he's famous for like his his flair and his pizzazz Mm -hmm. and his showmanship and he I think he helped attract success. Yeah. He dressed for the job he wanted, which was rock star. Yeah. And he's an icon, you know? Yeah, it's pretty impressive. I wonder what, because um, there was the time during the golden age of cinema in the 70s. And that's when you had a lot of these film school students like Spielberg and George Lucas. And they weren't wearing, directors used to wear like three-piece suits on set. 
then you had this new phase of directors that came in and they were wearing jeans and baseball caps. And that was like, you know, like Spielberg. I feel like, I don't know if you feel this way about him, but whenever I think of Spielberg, I think of jeans and a baseball cap, kind of like a Jerry Seinfeld look. But I just thought that dressing for the job you want, he sort of revolutionized a new way of dressing on set. So you're just decided to completely contradict yourself yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> so he's that's the totally li- that's dressed the libra in me ah oh, libra energy is back and forth <laughs> could be this could be that could be this no i'm just saying dress he, for the job you want by dressing f- down for the job you don't want to dress like you're uh, like going on a walk you know dress like a bus boy yeah i well i don't know so, i'm yeah. not sure so anymore. libra is the sign of contradiction i guess <laughs> a little of this a little of that i think Going i just wanted to forth. tell my spielberg story um so yeah thank you for disproving everything <laughs> that we're talking about he's like the most quintessential most famous director of all time so yeah i guess dressed down but i think i think scorsese wears suits on set i think uh, you, scorsese you rock what you want to has style yeah. And he has presence, and um, I'm way more down yeah. with his movies and his stories than this Spielberg spiels. Yeah. Crap. I like looking at what women wear on set, like female directors. Are there thinking, any? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was looking at... <laughs> <laughs> Didn't uh, Francis McDermott, I thought we had a whole world now that opened up for female stories Yeah, yeah. But I actually, I appreciated... Well, Angelina Jolie's a, also a movie star, but she she was she's directed like five films, and I was looking up what she was wearing. This is the vapid part of me where I'm like, what does this other person look like on set? And, well, that's um, Venus. Is vapid that's very comparing Venus. yourself. But to she others. was she looked fucking awesome. She was wearing like a long white dress with like flip flops, and I was like, what? This is great. And I do wonder, is it because it's Angelina Jolie? Yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. She she doesn't she doesn't need clothes to make her. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's it's like awesome. the classic men's fashion is that the um like the man will wear the clothes. The clothes don't wear the man. Mm-hmm. So you could take that for any gender or whatever. I've never heard of that phrase. Non-binary. But um when you're using just the clothes themselves, that's just artifice. It's a trick and you are a poser. Mm-hmm. But when you have substance of character, then you use the clothes and the image. Yeah. As and an you could see it too. To empower you. Yeah. Everything else is costumes mm-hmm. otherwise. And you see it. You see a lot of costumes in LA and you see yeah. a lot of costumes and celebrity well right? it's like, like those shoes that you don't dress. understand well we don't understand them but it was like the it looks like the geriatric shoes that started becoming pretty famous in the last like or trendy in the last couple of years and i remember we, we went into um to get coffee and there were these girls wearing like just regular little dresses and then they had those shoes on and it just it, it just didn't work did not work it still doesn't work but then we saw i remember we saw this guy come in and he he was he wasn't letting the clothes wear him and he had those weird geriatric shoes and i was like actually he makes it look cool well he's a man <laughs> okay he's probably a director <laughs> yeah maybe. um well but that's a, there is a lot of traditional men's fashion that has just gone out the wayside now and people don't know the roots of the tradition and the power 
like even the notion if you take like a heterosexual couple the premise and tradition of the tuxedo was meant to be very neutral mm. that the men dressed the same because then it was to emphasize the glamour of the woman and the dress and mm. things like that um but men's fashion is there's a lot of subtlety but i like that notion and i had a buddy who was really into fashion and he dressed sort of super old school and wore a suit every day and he said he learned a lot of it from his grandfather and his grandfather was said oh he didn't dress for himself he dressed well out of respect for the world mm, so he dressed well out of respect for the other yeah. which is what libra is libra is the other and it's oh. respect for the other oh my god so that That's and the then best. it's ruled by venus so vapid venus is image and costuming mm -hmm. depth of venus is i respect for the other but i dress with dignity right and um it's pretty cool. I think the lo there's a lost art of men's fashion mm -hmm. because thanks to really Frances McDermott. <laughs> Stop. <really. laughs> She's like, I'm going to destroy men's fashion. <laughs> no. I'm going to change the world for You're having so off. writers, Hollywood writers. Like, all I just want to say is the Hollywood writing position is like, it's a very small small segment of the entire popul working population of planet earth yeah you know it's like nobody's gonna get that nobody gets those jobs yeah you know um i'm just thinking of like that single mom you know working their ass off somewhere like in mississippi right they're not getting hired in a writer's room to change the world right okay i actually wanted to start a foundation I, when i used to wait tables years ago I w waited tables with so many single moms mm. and it was always a thing. And I, I was always thought a good charity now that I'm saying it, um, it was, you know, we could do single parents. It just happened to be, I worked with mostly single moms. I do know single dads though. Yeah, and too. just the hardship of single parenting while working is mm -hmm. pretty intense. And I was like, and a lot of times what I saw is, um, like 500 extra bucks would make its huge difference some months and uh i always thought that would be a cool charity yeah just to like help support to alleviate some financial burden yeah um, you know but i actually used to work with uh instacart with a couple single dads yeah but it's like you're giving people that money so that they can spend more time with their children yeah all of that yeah yeah but it's amazing sometimes when you're in working like a few hundred bucks can make a huge difference totally you know it's it's sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that um well didn't you say that but you were it's listening too bad to they something? should just all go and be writers yeah they and should all just get well i'm wondering like jobs. is there a maternity leave like can you even be working your your way up the ranks and then get pregnant and go on some sort of leave and then you're gone for three months and and then do people forget about you? This is what I'm, this is where I Maternity go. Leave. Well, no, For I think like that's what's happening. writer's room. I think that's why the shows are getting so bad now. Everyone's on maternity leave. <laughs> <laughs> that's, there's just like a few people in there. They like, even the janitors now, they're like, we need some extra filling help. <laughs> yeah. And they're writing, well, let's yeah. annihilate the morning show. <gasps> 
Oh no! I want to annihilate the shit on that show. <sighs> Do we have to watch the whole thing though? No, I don't. Uh, it's already we were in season two. I season didn't even, one. I didn't even want to watch it after the finale of season one. It was so disappointing. It was a public service announcement for the Me Too movement. It was just too on the nose. There's no subtlety now. It's too on the shows. nose. But the problem ultimately I have with the show. But it started off really good. Like, yeah. first three, four episodes, I was like, oh, man. They're and kinda... Billy Crudup is, like, the best character. He, uh, yeah, and he's a great actor. Yeah. And the, the, all the actors are good in it. That That's not the problem. Um, and I'm the... like, shout out to anyone that's an Almost Famous fan. And Billy Crudup was the first. This is, like, he, he plays, like, the, the hot rock star in Almost Famous. He was the golden god. He was, Yeah, yeah. Um, That's the first time I saw him. I've seen that movie like a hundred times. I love anyway, that movie. It's oh, we the should, best. We should it's watch so good. that when we're in deep winter Vermont. Yeah. Um, well, this show definitely started off good. It's just now, this is actually, to be honest, not even the show. The premise, what I find that drives me crazy about this show is this notion that the morning news, like the equivalent of like Good Morning America, is that I was like, what? Like, do, is that even news? Like, even no. before this notion of news and fake news and all this, like, you know, those shows seem so irrelevant and stupid and half-ass and uninteresting. Yeah. And it's like, here's the indoctrination of how America you should think. We're gonna so have Doctor Oz on. We'll talk about yucca syrup for your yeah. metabolism. It's the 25th anniversary of your favorite movie. What movie is that? Uh, I was almost just thinking. Famous. No, well, almost famous. Well, I they'll do like twenty. It's like the fiftieth anniversary of Sound of Music. We have everybody here now. Yeah, and they're talking, and, and, and then everyone's Rachel really old, Ray's and it's super depressing. <laughs> like this is how you make cereal in the morning. Yeah. Um. So I never thought the importance of those shows, and then in the context of this television show. They make it like they're the most groundbreaking, cutting journalists. And like it's a whole show of puff pieces for years. So that's honestly at the root of it. That's what bothers me the most about it. Mm -hmm. And everyone's so serious and I can't take it. I also have a peeve whenever a show depicts writers and they do a voiceover of the writing. And it's always so bad. Oh. And she's like working on her memoir kills me you know. and it's too long of a voiceover it's like you know this could have ended like a paragraph ago yeah i don't need to hear that much of her the ending of her book but now at this point we watched that one episode of season two and there's no story i'm not rooting for anybody well the best part i already know i'm like a vermonter is uh jennifer aniston's character is like She's writing her memoir in a log cabin in Maine and the windows, it's all like that open window concept. How how would you describe it? Uh, open the, window? Is that, well, the layout, it's just like giant windows. And I, for the, literally I turned to you, I was like, her heating bill must be insane. Um, so I've turned, yeah, I've turned full. Been corrupted. We've been corrupted. <laughs> Uh, my We've Vermont lingo, yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to tap some. It's maple like in the syrup. middle of winter. Been I'm like, shopping no for way. hiking shoes. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually thought about the heating bill too because I was like, <laughs> it's a whole glass panel side. You could say, oh, it's the southern 
you know, southern side of the house, which is where you put glass panels. But okay. there was no sunlight at all, and it's all glass, and it was probably freezing in there. Yeah, yeah. Especially, like, deep main. But I love, like, Jennifer Aniston's character is chopping wood. <sighs> and you're like, oh, the first time she has ever chopped wood in her life was for that scene. Yeah. It was pretty it's bad. very possible. Um, But... I, I it's a bummer because I do Jennifer Anderson I can't hate, like I no. hate a lot of the television shows but then I see her in films so I can't really hate on her at all and she's I, I a think great she's comedic talent, actor I think she is very talented yeah um she's an Aquarius so interesting I don't know if that's what makes her talented but yeah, I just um, like to sp- call out Aquariuses I think Yoko Ono is a really good example of Aquarius yeah she's great she's just full weird yes um and out there and unapologetic about it. Um, so, and she's kind of a very underrated artist, I think, but uh, thanks for throwing me off. We're in Libra season. You got to bring Aquarius into everything. Sorry. Um, you were just talking about, I'm just saying this show had a lot of good actors, but yeah. um, or has a lot of good actors, but I don't know where it just is off the rails. Cause you, you're not rooting for anybody. You don't no. care. You don't want to root for anybody. There isn't like who's the clear bad guy, good guy. So n- none of it seems interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm done. I'm not trying. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. I don't want to watch it. Um, so, and how false is this cabin in Maine? Their heat. Forget it. I have a nine hundred dollar a month heating bill. Well, all I want to say is a can, little writer's loft. Um, I really for our first movie night when we move, I mm-hmm. really want to watch Network with you because I've been wanting to watch it for years with you, and it's one of my favorite movies. I feel like you're trying to entrap me. I am on the podcast. Fine, I'll do it. To well, because I know that people have seen the film, and they're going to be like, "What? Remington hasn't seen that movie." It's like. It's so relevant to what we're seeing now with media. It's just, and it was, it was written in the seventies. Yeah. Probably at sixties, but it was made in the seventies, early seventies. No, I'm totally down because we're going to get. And Faye Dunaway is just incredible. Um, yeah, we'll put it on our art film list. We're going to put it on the list and then we can talk about it on the podcast. Okay. So guys, gear up, get ready for <laughs> what we're experiencing deep winter in deep yeah. Vermont. Yep. Um, Directed by Sydney Lumet. Talking about our heating situation, mm-hmm. uh, and burning fire. Apparently too, like the fireplace is a big no, no because it just sucks all of the hot air right <laughs> up the chimney. Everyone's like, you can't use a fireplace for heat. <laughs> like, I know that man, you don't use it for heat. You blast the heat and then you have the atmosphere, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're like yeah. $600 heating bill. Oh my God. Um, does your dad complain about heat bills? He doesn't even know, does he? No, I actually, when I was a kid, I used to turn the heat up to 80 and then he'd be like, who turned the heat up? And because then he's of like, the money you, you or because it was expensive? Because Probably it was expensive because it was really hot. hot. <laughs> it was really yeah, hot. Yeah, I never hear him comp- say anything about money. <laughs> no. Um. So, but everyone else in New England, remember that hotel? Did we talk about that? That one in Maine? <laughs> no. And it was like, we have a saying in Maine, like when you're finished with something, you could still squeeze a little bit more out of it and i was like what we're we're staying in the quote nicest fanciest hotel in portland maine i wonder if that's where my shoe karma came from is new england no you're not 
No, the New England mentality is frugality. Yeah, but I would wear my shoes until they have like holes in the bottom. No. So I was it was the main mentality. I no, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think so. There's a way deeper seated issue with all of that. Okay. We'll I'm talk not about gonna it get later. into on air. No. Yeah, it's deep, it's dark, <laughs> it's real. I think you forgot to talk about the last Libra card, which is the four of swords. No, we just you kept interrupting me. Okay. Um <laughs> then we have the four of swords. <laughs> so two, <laughs> two, three, and four. Uh four of swords is truce it is jupiter in libra and so we sort of learn through the three of swords and the thing is with tarot when you get a card know that tarot is always in motion so they're moving around the different sephiroth of the tree of life so if you have the three you're sitting between the two and the four so you're kind of moving towards the four back to the two and we've learned those burdensome relationships those transmute into jupiter Saturn and Jupiter are the great teachers, and that's mm. Jupiter and Libra. This is beneficial relationships. Mm. You've cut the ties to the relationships that no longer serve you, mm-hmm. and now you attract beneficent and helpful relationships. And so a lot of lessons to be learned in all of these cards and in Libra season. Um, so, you know, definitely start to look at where can you cut you know how many people are so attached to that like i meet people they're still talking about their you know high school sweetheart obsession from 20 years ago you Mm -hmm. know um that might be time to to move out of that Mm. you know you're like i want to attract my husband or my wife and you're still obsessed on a previous relationship that three of swords now it, four of swords is going to alleviate that and yeah. so it's the the sort of practical application so four of swords too even the word truce implies a truce the war is over mm. end of conflict yeah hey let's put our swords down let's come together and let's work for the greater good let's work for kindness um and so, yeah, I mean, all of these cards are very auspicious, but, you know, the Libra cards, with any sign, though, I think there's more lessons to be learned than we give Libra credit for, mm-hmm. because it's it, your entire lives have to do with interactions with other people often. Yeah. And um, Libra just feels less tangible, and... It's such an important part of our lives. Without positive Libra energy, we just really would be a lonely, weird existence. Mm. It would basically be a Virgo hermit hellhole. Oh, that sounds terrible. You know, just it's, it's stewing in your own neuroses all alone, with mm. maybe with a cat, several yeah. cats. Right. Um, <laughs> so Libra, we get to move out of that. Yeah. We've become not hermits. Mm -hmm. So it's social. Socializing is a very important human need. I mean, the the tragedy of solitary confinement and how that is not deemed as cruel and unusual punishment is mind-boggling to Mm. me. And you don't even, you can just skim the surface on the psychological ramifications of people that have been put in solitary confinement. Yeah. And it's horrible. And 
you know, it's it's well documented, like that socializing and human interaction is so crucial to life. Yeah. That's why I find with all this COVID insanity, at least still LA loves COVID, but <laughs> you can just drive a couple of hours away in like Arizona and you're like, oh, well, everything's normal. I know. They just love it. They love it. We had our friends from Arizona come and visit and they were like, what? They were just surprised. Because they they're not used to any of yeah it. they didn't know just that people still are in love with COVID and they <laughs> love restrictions, um, hence we're getting the fuck out. But um, the the psychological the ramifications I think that we'll see down the road will be interesting. Yeah, where everyone is separated, nobody can hug. Mm-hmm. It's very anti Libra. Nobody can hug. Yeah. No one can sing. Right, like mm-hmm. we're creating. Uh, some level of solitary confinement yeah that's very weird and unusual and um you know we'll see how it play we've already seen it you know we're seeing it already but i wonder the long-term effects so this is interesting because libra could take a dark darker side again where everyone's isolated and alone or it takes a bright side so i'm going to encourage everyone listening Reach out, make friends, new friends, appreciate your own friends. We're still doing the prosperity practice yep. of appreciating someone else and letting somebody know how much you appreciate them. Yeah. And, you know, it does, it's, sometimes it's words, sometimes it's showing it. Like, there's a, we have that one homeless guy who seems to sleep right by our building now mm-hmm. under the trees. There's two trees that are like the timeline the time trees. trees. Um, he seems drawn to those. And I just, uh, well, I gave him a bunch of stuff the other day. Mm-hmm. I gave him that blanket and then some cash, some shoes. Those are some things, too. Like, everyone thinks homeless, like, feet, like, oh, food, food, food. But I was like, these are, like, almost new sneakers. Yeah. Um, I was trying to gauge. And he didn't, like, I, you know, whatever other mental illness is there, but... I was like, shoes. And he would repeat. He was like, shoes. Hmm. He sort of got it. And then I put all this money in it, but he couldn't. So I handed him. I was like, money. Yeah. And he's like, oh, money. And I was like, blanket. And then I gave him a hoodie. Hmm. Um, And then um, I think that was it for now. And I haven't seen him for a bit. Yeah. Maybe he jumped into it. He He's like maybe jumping timelines. Time maybe he's shifted. With the trees. Yeah. Is I haven't it, seen him in a while either. And that would be cool. So that would be it's really a better cool. timeline. Yeah. Um, he looks like Warren Ellis. He's got an awesome beard. Yeah, I always just wonder. He's like but, an attractive guy, actually. Yeah, I have a lot of, I mean, I have a lot of compassion for all the homeless people that I see. And it's also such a crazy, overwhelming problem in LA without, mm. but I just know I feel like a lot of people are like, well, they just have to get services and into a shelter. And a lot of them, they don't, they don't want that. No, that's why I'm just happy. Like my personal homeless charity, I'm not going to donate to anything. I'm going to, I go to the bank and I get, I get small denomination bills and just hand them out. Right. And just this way, even sometimes people do, well, what if they just buy drugs? I'm like, no, you know, and I don't think that guy's buying drugs. Yeah. And who cares? That's not your responsibility. Exactly. Like, just give him some money. Yeah. Um, I learned that from my buddy, Hari, that I grew up on the ashram with. 
we would walk around LA and so he kept a stack of he would have a huge stack of ones mm-hmm. and he'd bring like 10 bucks out and he would just hand out bills to homeless people in his hood. Well, I stuff. feel like that's one of the reasons why we shouldn't have a cashless society is to allow people that don't have the means to own a credit card or a cell phone. Yeah, these people don't have debit cards and they have to buy food now with Apple Pay cuz yeah. they fo- Who the fuck got COVID from a fucking a dollar bill is what I want to <laughs> know. And um but people like a lot of people <laughs> <full> of bat. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> a lot of um totally bat soup. Um somehow less racist. Yeah. But um that's why the during the pandemic that's i just took out a bunch of small ones and fives because also if you give like bigger bills it becomes harder to cash and stuff at least you can give a few bucks just depends on your means Mm -hmm. like someone sent me extra money for on patreon sort of like a tip it was like 60 bucks because they had signed up and there was all this backlog content and they really valued it so i converted all of that i went to the bank i got like 60 dollars just in small bills and that's not that much money really and i was really grateful but i told them i said you know i've just used that because that was in the height you couldn't use cash anywhere but remember some of the homeless people were like yeah nobody's giving us anything horrible so that was just my little way and i still do it that way i I was at um the coffee shop and there it was like in the really like the the thick of lockdown quarantine and this um homeless guy came out to me he's like can you can you get me lunch i'm like of course what do you want any anything and he's like okay and he goes up to the front counter to the guy he's like i'm gonna have that turkey sandwich i'm gonna do the salad i'm gonna have a cookie for dessert i'm gonna do um i'm gonna do a hot chocolate and uh, sparkling water. He just ordered the whole thing, and I was like, <laughs> "It was like in L.A. That's like 150 yeah. bucks." And the guy behind the counter is like, "Is this okay?" I'm like, "It's fine, whatever." Um, but then the guy gave he gave him like the cookie and the drink and everything. So I just paid for like the Turns little out sandwich. He's not even homeless. He's like our neighbor. No, but he building. was. I just thought it was really. I just loved how he just came in, and he was like, "Oh." great you're buying lunch all right i'm gonna have this this. yeah but that was like that guy in portland (laughs) who seemed very i would judge him as being very capable i'm assuming he was super hung over and or on heroin and oh uh, right he was like and this is we were doing the prosperity practice to give a gift away to somebody every single day yeah and so he was there all just mumbling he seemed very hungover honestly Mm -hmm. um and uh I was, he's right by this dumpling food truck. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, I was like, oh, do you want some food, some dumplings? And he was like, oh, he's like, you know, I really want Indian food, man. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I just gave him the few bucks yeah. <laughs> for the dumplings. I was like, you fucking go sit next to the Indian food truck then. Right, exactly. Like you're sitting in the wrong part of town. <laughs> you're sitting by the dumpling truck. You don't want dumplings. You want Indian food. And I normally wouldn't make fun of someone in those positions, but I swear this guy, he just seemed like Portland seems like there's a lot of by choice homeless because they have a lot of resources. Yeah. I mean, I've had friends that intentionally like lived in tents Mm -hmm. and like waited tables and did it as like a thing. This guy, I mean, it seemed probably addict 
drug drug addiction, which I don't nobody really chooses to be a drug addict and then to be in those situations. Being an addict, using addict, you make decisions you don't really want to make, mm-hmm. whether you're conscious of it or not. So I still have a lot of compassion, but I wasn't. I was like, he wanted me to walk a couple blocks away to the Indian food truck. I was just like, here's the money. Yeah. Like I just felt like you should hang out at the Indian food truck. Right. You know, but in Portland, I guess beggars are choosers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could shit on Portland a lot. Um, yeah. At first, we'll I thought you were never like Portland, back. Maine, and then yeah. No, Portland, Maine. Oh God. Yeah. They were like, you have to put on hand sanitizer to enter this store. They would like watch you. They were like, they were like hand sanitizing Nazis there. Yeah. And I kept trying to say like, I don't know what's in this, you know, and you're just destroying all of the good bacteria on my skin. A lot of people don't know that probiotics live on your skin Yeah. that are there to fight things off. And so when you're using that stuff, you're just wreaking havoc. I, I wish I could go back and ask if I could, you know, use a, a sink with soap and water instead of just the hand no they're well you yeah but you agree to these things i won't do it well i really wanted to go into that one this is every store in portland maine sells moose tchotchkes blueberries (laughs) and refrigerator magnets with lobsters on it that's all you get in maine all right and we're going to be in vermont so everything's a maple leaf maple syrup maple candy vermont made cheese or vermont made chocolate that's Mm -hmm. it that's all you get okay so i i don't need to like be forced by their totally unscientific standards in the beauty of tarot and libra we were at a truce and we decided we're not going to go into a store anymore that asks us to do that no but you really wanted the damn moose magnet or something i wanted to go in and look at some of the stuff the moose magnet little snow globe with a lobster net that's cute get some lobsters here (laughs) like um i wonder i guess we'll need an la snow globe Oh, we need an L.A. magnet. We do need an L.A. magnet. Gene and I like to get magnets everywhere that we go. Mostly countries, but a lot of interstate travel has been cool. New Mexico has a cool logo. They have good marketing. They do. New Mexico. Mexico's great. Texas, their marketing is like, don't mess with Texas. I kind of, I love the Oklahoma flag and. Well, I think we were very clear on this podcast that we like Oklahoma. Yeah. And I like their license plate. Yeah, it's like a phoenix. Yeah, it's cool. Um, do we have an Oklahoma magnet? I don't even think we got one. Oh, we have Arbuckle's we have fried, Arbuckle pie. fried pie. Arbuckle fried pie. Arbuckle fried pie. Yeah, those are fucking good. Yeah, actually, a friend of the of the pod told us about that. Amy, yeah, yeah, she's like our big o- OKC contact. Yeah, she's like, y'all gotta try Arbuckle fried pie, and then she doesn't talk like she that. Talk it, just like sounds, that <laughs> it just sounds more fun. Yeah. Like everyone outside of uh, LA is like, hey y'all, how you doing? Yeah. Um, but we do have that Bigfoot magnet. Yep. I like that's the super Iceland cute. magnet. Yeah, that's a good one. And our ruins. 3D Stonehenge magnet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went to some cool places. Uh, no more. <laughs> Vermont and a baby. Yeah. We have a Vermont magnet. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we actually put it on our altar to manifest that. Gotta get a Lawrence mask. <laughs> oh, totally, man. I need deep 
dark mill towns of Massachusetts, <laughs> Magnet, Lawrence. <laughs> oh, man. Once you go back, you'll never go back. Yeah. <laughs> that should be their logo. <laughs> Oh, um, but it's one of the heroin capitals. Lawrence? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I thought Used Cape Cod was. No, they just made a documentary. Yeah, that was crazy. The largest heroin drug bust that uh, was in Connecticut. It's probably totally changed now in Willimantic, Connecticut, mm. which is like one town over from one of the main places I grew up. Yeah. And it was like... Um, I don't remember what the amount was, but it was like its claim yeah. to fame. Oh, my God. Largest heroin bust. Um, but this is it. This is our last recording from L.A. It's the yeah. season, so we'll make new friends. Yeah. Um, L.A., I still love you. I'm annoyed with some of things that is not your fault. Yeah, it's But not there your is fault. a magic here. Yeah, there is. And uh, I'll still be connected. Miss you. We'll still be coming back. I'm coming back for books. Though. Oh yeah, totally. I want I want the baby to eventually see where we where we lived, where we met. Yeah, I definitely want to expose the child and the young the young man to uh, cosmopolitan things, to other cultures and mm-hmm. foods and stuff. We're gonna need to actively Not just do trees, that. Vermont. Yeah, like, hey, bud, that's here's a huge trees. thing. <laughs> Like, I'm grateful that I had New York City as uh, growing up. Oh, yeah. You know? Totally. I got the smells. Garbage. Yeah. I mean, my childhood. Garbage. This kid isn't going to be living in a bubble. Pretzels. Mm-hmm. Vermont bubble. No. The, Vermont is statistically the whitest state in America. I Which just, is crazy. Um, yeah, because nobody else. They're like, fuck this cold. Um, so, yeah. We got to get in some last minute food fixes in LA. Yeah. And I actually packed up maple syrup. We have some I had a couple of unopened Vermont maple syrups that we probably got in Vermont. I've packed it up and we're now moving maple syrup back to Vermont. <laughs> we're like re-smuggling it in. Yeah. Um the Vermont maple syrup smuggling. It's going to be great. Uh but LA, we do love you. Um we're not leaving in spirit. It's, uh, you know. Yeah. That in the true nature of the liberizing of L.A., this is our bigger, better party. I love that. Let thy soul be awakened.